0: In this episode of Physically Spiritual, I will explore an approach to inner healing through relational prayer with God. Welcome to Physically Spiritual. I've been amazed by how much growing physically healthier has changed my spiritual life. I am captivated with discovering the truth about my body and how it relates to my relationship with God. Physically Spiritual is my attempt to harmonize and share what I've discovered. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. My wife and I have had the opportunity to attend a few conferences with a wonderful organization called the John Paul II Healing Center, which especially is founded on the work of Dr. Bob Schutz, a Catholic psychologist who um, has really integrated both his his wisdom of mental health sciences with his wisdom of Catholic theology and spirituality to design uh, a healing approach. So I want to start out, one, by giving really him full credit for what I'm going to share here, but also I wanted to share um, with you all um, some of the key insights that I've gained from his thought, but also some of my own experience from it. In these healing conferences, I think going in, I thought, um, I thought that I would go, and it's like we had this whole week of praying and reflecting and and meditating and being prayed over and receiving sacraments, and I kind of thought like it would be this really clear, distinct before and after moment. It's like my life before the conference and my life after the conference. And this isn't exactly what God did. It was sort of a before and after the conference, but it wasn't like a light switch is off and then a light switch is on kind of a moment. It's almost like what happened in the conference was um, the light switch was turned on, but it was a dimmer switch. And then years following the conference, what's happened is the Lord is slowly been brightening the light, slowly and gradually, gently, one little piece at a time, one little stage at a time, working out healing in my life, in my wife's life. Now, we're grateful for the conference, it's not like it wasn't important, because I think the conference did flip that initial switch, but like I said, it wasn't like it went from midnight into midday, the light all the way off to the light all the way on. It initiated a process of gradual growth. At first, I was kind of bothered by this, um, but the insights uh, that I've especially learned through uh, the study of Conrad Barr's has helped with this. If you go back to episode 17 of this season, the season, Physically Spiritual, um, I talk about um, Conrad Barr's insights into emotional healing and development. And one of his um, really strong opinions as a psychologist or a psychiatrist working in the Catholic world was that. Uh, God heals emotional wounds and emotional immaturity in stages a little bit by little bit. And he does this because if we were immediately healed emotionally completely, it would disjoint us from the world around us. And one of the, the key and most important uh, things that we need as human people is relationships. So if God were to immediately emotionally reconfigure us from the top to the bottom, we would be disjointed from all of our most meaningful relationships, our spouse, our close friends, um, the people that mentor us. We would need to become their mentors. Uh, So there's sort of a mercy in this gradual process, but there's also a dignity in this gradual process. I don't really think God wants to just do surgery on us. Like, Like our conversion process is us being put the spiritual sleep and God just does it to us. I think God wants us to be participants in our own healing process. He gives us the dignity of being essential, of being active, of, um, of not doing it without us. God won't heal us without us. Uh, so God brings us along in this process gradually. One of the, the tools that, that I learned uh, in these conferences is a prayer for inner healing, Before I get into the exact format of how to do this prayer, I want to give like a couple caveats, a couple kind of guiding foundational thoughts. One, it's really important to have real prayer. We need to pray like God is a real person and then pray like we're a real person. What I mean by pray like God is a real person is that God's actually present. God is speaking to us, meaning Uh, God's directly affecting the content of what we're thinking about and praying about. God's inserting himself actively into our spirituality. God's actually listening. God actually cares and will actually change things. And then secondarily, we need to pray like we're a real person, meaning we're not just repeating rote prayers from other people. We're not praying like our favorite saint, like Padre Pio or Trez of We're not praying praying the way we think we should pray, sort of presenting ourselves to God in a certain way, thinking that that good presentation will sway God. No, God sees into the heart. We need to pray as we actually are. Pray from the heart. What is actually happening in our life? What are we actually feeling? What have we actually done? What do we actually want? What do we actually feel? We need to express the reality of our life, to the God. So we need to pray like God's a real person, but then also pray like we're a real person. Prayer for inner healing isn't a magical incantation. The way a magical incantation would work, if it were real, would be that if you perform a certain formula, there's a certain um, then power that comes in and affects the world, It's an external power that would force itself. Like if you could, for example, do a magical incantation to curse that other person, that other person would experience a force outside of themselves affecting their life, right? if that's real. So our healing prayer doesn't work this way. It's not contingent on our perfect performance of a certain formula. And it's not a force from the outside of us. Grace works from the inside out, and it always cooperates with our free will, meaning we need to give permission and then actively cooperate in what it's doing in us. And in order for this to happen, we need to cooperate not with a rigid formula, but with sincerity of heart, with sincerity of heart, with authenticity, with that heart of flesh. That the Lord has promised us. Uh, If we enter into thinking that healing prayer is like a magical incantation, we really become superstitious. You know, maybe you've had thoughts like this like you'll get a penance from going to confession, and you'll do your penance, then you'll get distracted in the middle of the prayer. And you might think something like this Well, it doesn't count because I got distracted. Like I didn't do my penance well enough, so it doesn't count. And you should try to do your penance well. But if you do it, you should trust that it is done. Maybe you're doing a novena, and there's certain, um, certain promises attached to the novena or spiritual gifts that are, are sort of indicated by the novena, and you miss a day. Right? One way to approach it would be, well, I need to like start over again, so I make sure I do it perfectly over nine days. <laughs> or you could just the next day do it twice. Like, what's the difference between doing it at 7 a.m. versus doing it at 8 p.m. the day before? Um, So this kind of approach where, like, the prayer formula has to be done rigidly and perfectly in order to generate a certain effect approaches God as if he were a vending machine. I put the right money in, hit the right buttons, and I get the right good things out of him. And God's not a vending machine. God's a person who loves us, and God wants us to be a person who loves him. So our our healing prayer is not a magical incantation, and our redemption does not depend on our capability to perform formulas perfectly. Finally, it's important to remember, like I said before, that emotional healing happens in stages. You could expect that sometimes God might take a big chunk um, but it isn't going to be a perfect redemption. And other times God's going to be working gradually. Sometimes so gradually you might feel like nothing is happening at all. When Jesus was walking around the Holy Land, he was kind of taking his time. Right? There's there's something that when we rush through the process, we miss the grace of the present moment. What makes me good isn't that I'm perfect and great and everything else. What makes me good is that God created me good and then has redeemed me better and then promises to save me perfectly in heaven. So I'm foundationally good, not because of what I've done and accomplished, but because of what God has done in me and accomplished through me. God is is the primary actor in this whole thing. So part of the blessing of the healing process is the journey, is being with God, loved as you are in the present moment. So I believe God also heals in stages, heals gradually, so we we don't miss the grace that's here, that we don't miss the beauty of the present moment. At this moment, I just want to invite you to support the work of Physically Spiritual and Awakened Catholic If you want to support Physically Spiritual and you can do it financially, consider joining the Totus Tuus community. The Totus Tuus community are the community of patrons that support Physically Spiritual. So head over to PhysicallySpiritual.com. You can see the different perks of the different giving levels, access to the Awakened Nation, to bonus content, to the full Ask Me Anything episodes, and much more. So head over to PhysicallySpiritual.com to join the Totus Tuus community. If you want to get access to your member perks as a member of the Awakened Nation, or as a member of the Totus us community, you should head over to the Awaken app. You can get the Awaken app at theawakenapp.io or search for the Awaken app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The Awaken app uh, has all of the shows produced here by Awaken Catholic, a great uh, social media feature that's a, a pure, good, wholesome Catholic version of social media. There's a lot of uh, bonus content there if you're a member of the Awaken Nation or one of the, the show communities. And there's also a lot of other bonus content. For the season of Lent, one of the great bonuses on there is Awaken Your Lent. Awaken Your Lent is, is a Lenten program that includes daily meditations by priests on the scripture. And I'm recording a Catholic mind-body meditations called restorative meditations that really walks you through uh, the process of prayer that I've been talking a lot about here in season three of Physically Spiritual. So get the Awaken app and join the Awaken Your Lent to end Lent 2022 strong. As I transition here, I want to point you back to a couple previous episodes uh, in Physically Spiritual. These last couple episodes in in season three, each season I record about 25 episodes. These last couple episodes are kind of like capstone episodes. We're, We're pulling together a lot of concepts um, that I've referred to in previous episodes. So I want to sort of point you back to those, but I don't want to um, sort of bore you with continuous references to things that I said previously. So I just want to point you back to season one, episode 23. I did an episode on that was called Naturally Supernatural Healing. And this episode really focused on healing prayer, but healing intercessory prayer. When we, we pray over somebody else for healing or somebody prays over us for healing. So if you wanna explore those ideas, go back to episode 23 of season one. And in uh, episode 10 of season three, I explored the idea of spiritual wounds. And this concept really I learned through the John Paul II Healing Center too. So you might consider that um, as sort of a a precursor to this episode. So I'd encourage you to go back to the episode about spiritual wounds, season three, episode 10, or it would be, be episode number 60 overall of physically spiritual. So let's dive into this process of prayer for inner healing. The first step is that we start with the present. We don't go traipsing through our past just looking for problems and and trying to heal them on our own power. But we start with the present moment. So there should be it should start with some current distress. It might be a strong emotion of anxiety, depression, Uh, some emotion that you, you feel yourself stuck in. It might be the distress of some sin you're falling into, something you're struggling with. So first, identify what's currently distressing me. And then what do I desire? What do I want to be differently? How do I wish I felt? How do I wish I could be in this moment? Then ponder, what's the current trigger event? Like, what got me here in the immediate past? Like, was it a difficult conversation? Was it the loneliness of going home and nobody else being in the apartment? Like, what was the thing that that triggered this feeling, that triggered the situation? In the midst of it, there's probably both identity lies and judgments. An identity lie is, is something that is untrue that I believe about myself. And a judgment is something untrue that I believe about another person. So to go back that example of maybe going back to your place in the evening and feeling lonely, the trigger is going there, right? There's something I believe in that moment about myself. uh, That belief might be something like, I'm not okay when I'm alone. I'm only safe when somebody else is with me. It could be something like, i'm alone because no one wants to be with me that's kind of a lie and a judgment together there could be a judgment that comes out of this like if anyone else were here or really knew me they wouldn't love me etc cetera, etc cetera. so identifying these lies and judgments in the situation is a great place to start as you're doing this it's helpful to journal so you don't have to keep it all in your mind uh, and, and In the show notes, I'll I'll link a document that goes through this whole process step by step. So don't feel like you have to write it out as I say it. It'll be there available to you online. So the second step, once you've sort of identified what's distressing you, what the trigger is, what you can figure out about yourself as far as the lies and judgments, then we call on the Holy Spirit. Ask God the Father, the Holy Spirit, to show you the root of the problem, to guide you in prayer. This isn't a process of trying to figure it out. It's a process of being prayerfully led by God's promptings, by the Spirit working in your heart and mind um, to have those memories renegotiated and to have them healed. So the route that God might lead you to after you pray for him to guide you and spend a few moments in silence, just allowing God to bring things into your consciousness. The route might be one memory or a series of memory. It might be a strong feeling from your past. The, the root might also not have sense content. It might be some of those implicit memories that have feelings, but not the senses with them. So it might be an experience from the womb. It might be something that's generational from your family. It may be also something very, from very early in life or something that's very traumatic, so you don't remember it. So whatever comes up, trust that the Holy Spirit is bringing it to your intention if you're sincere and if you're calling on the Lord to guide you. What's the memory? What's the thought? What's the feeling that comes to mind? So the third step is to identify the painful experience and the corresponding belief that goes with it. So here we're going deeper into those lies and judgments. What's the pain that was there in that moment? Maybe it was the pain of watching a loved one walk out of the room and never seeing them again. Maybe it's the pain of Finding out that someone that was dear to you died. Um, so there's this sort of base experience, this base painful experience, and then from that, um, if there's one or more memory, you might identify a common thread. What's the theme? What connects these things? Right? If if the memory's preverbal or just implicit, what's the strong emotion that's there? What's the feeling? Pay attention to how it shifts, where it is in your body, how it moves around as you pay attention to it. Maybe it it shifts in its color, its hue, its strength. Maybe it feels differently as you pay attention to it. Maybe originally it was kind of down in your gut and then it travels up into your throat or something like that. So notice the way that the feeling is moving around. So once you have that, that painful experience, and you're holding it in your consciousness, ask Jesus to reveal to you what he desires for you to know. Ask Jesus to show you the truth, to be with you in that space. And then once again, just open your mind to Jesus' response. You might see a picture. You might see an image from your life or just some other picture just randomly comes to mind. Maybe a scene from the scripture comes to mind. You might have some revelation of truth or a word, a word of knowledge that comes into your mind, a phrase like, you are not alone. I love you. You are not to blame. Uh, I care for you. Just just some strong sense of a word or a series of words that God is speaking to your heart. Uh, In that moment, God might just work creating the space and calling God in, you might feel a release from the pain. you might feel um, you might feel a movement, a shift in that unpleasant experience, that unpleasant emotion and praise God for it. You might also just have a knowledge, meaning it's it's not a word that comes to you, it's just a conviction, a shift in your belief, a shift in what you know. It could be just the deep sense of God's love. A deep feeling that God is with you, that his presence is there, that you won't be abandoned. There's also the possibility that in that space, you might not feel like you receive anything from God. It might just feel empty. There might not be any sense content. Now, this could be the case that God is doing something, but you're just not sensing it. There's no sense content to go with it. Or it could also be the case that there is some barrier to God working. Remember, God will only work in coordination with your will when we truly give him permission. If you if you go back to that episode of season 10, we explored kind of the, the anatomy of these spiritual wounds. And part of these inner lies and judgments can bring us to points of unholy vows, meaning from that original lie of like, I'm not lovable or people don't care about me, I can I can implicitly or explicitly formulate phrases that I assent to, things like, I will never make myself vulnerable again. And if you've made an inner vow like that, or another unholy vow, sort of an absolute statement of an effort to protect yourself, to preserve yourself from future harm on your own strength, on your own conviction, based on that commitment, that inner vow can be a block to God working. And we might not be able to find healing until we renounce that vow. Now, renouncing the vow isn't complicated, but sometimes it helps to renounce the vow with somebody else, for someone else to pray over you, to pray with you, and to ratify it. But to break an inner vow, it's a simple prayer like this. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the vow that whatever, whatever it is, And then afterwards, it can also help to announce the truth. In the name of Jesus Christ, I announce the truth that whatever it is. So it could be something like this to go back to that example. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the vow that I will never be vulnerable. And I announce the truth that other people love me and will receive my vulnerability kindly. That's all it might take. Or like I said, it could also be necessary to pray with somebody else. It's not a magic formula. It's a work of the heart. It's a work of the human will and the divine will. You may also feel like you're not receiving anything because of dissociation due to trauma, the fragmentation of the memory. It may also not actually be in our best interest to have healing for whatever you're praying about at this moment. Meaning that God's going to let it be there for a little bit. And probably going to focus on shifting other areas of your life. Sometimes this is just beyond our understanding in God's loving providence. And we have to trust that what the Lord is doing is in our best interest and that he does love us. Other times, um, we might know what God's doing and we can sort of come along for the journey with gratitude. Our strong emotions can sometimes put up barriers to God working. Strong experiences of anger, fear, denial, and hopelessness. In the last episode, I talked about some exercises of staying connected in the midst of difficult memories, and some of those exercises of, of gratitude and relational prayer with God can help. Um, can help to uh, not have an, an overpowering emotion in the midst of this kind of prayer. And sometimes we don't know what the barrier is, so we can actually pray. Jesus, what's the barrier? Like what what in me is preventing you from working? Like I said, maybe it's nothing or maybe God will speak in that space to your heart. So in that space of searching with God, letting him minister to you, letting him speak into you, it's important, I think, with whatever God does to sit with him in it, to sit with him in it, to be there in the peace and the joy maybe to sit with him in the struggle, in the difficulty, in the turmoil, uh, to pray and seek for his guidance, to give him space and time to speak, not because he can't speak more quickly, but just because sometimes God chooses uh, to sort of uh, saturate in the moment with us. (laughs) So giving him space to speak and for us to hear and for us to respond. If and when you do receive healing from Jesus, first it could be helpful to check the fruit of the memory. Like you might go back in the memory and just notice what's different. Maybe you feel more joy, more peace, more connected than you did at first. It could also be helpful to check the belief that's connected to the original lie or judgment or vow that you've renounced and prayed for truth to be spoken into. And then finally, in all of it, give thanks to God regardless of what happens. Give thanks to the Lord, uh, whether you experience the healing or you don't experience the healing, whether this is a, a moment of that so gradual healing process that you don't even feel it happening, or it's a moment of a renovation of your heart, or it's a moment where God's letting you be in the morning. God's being with you in the suffering. You're entering into the Lord's passion in your own heart and mind, through the experiences of suffering in your own life, so regardless of where you are with the Lord in it, give Him thanks. And then, in it, it can be helpful to have a prayer of sealing, meaning you you simply pray, Lord God, seal this healing in my heart. Uh, there's that that great gospel passage about the sower and the seed, and some seed being sown in the and on the stone, some on the shallow dirt, and some in the thistles. Right, the this healing prayer could be sown in the thistles and in the shallow ground and just praying for God to seal it, for God to keep it, for God to protect it can be a step in having it planted in the good soil. So I want to, um, end with an idea of integrating this kind of healing prayer into the the rhythm and routine of our ordinary spirituality. And I think a, a great way is to integrate this kind of prayer into the examination of conscience. Um, They've spoken about this idea in the Restore the Glory podcast, and I'll link that podcast in the show notes. That's um, Dr. Bob Schutz and Jake Kim. Uh, So I'll link that in the show notes um, if you want to kind of explore their thoughts and ponderings on this topic. But in the examination of conscience or the examine that St. Ignatius of Loyola prescribes, there's a, a couple different movements. The first is praying for the Holy Spirit's guidance and then going back through the day noticing God's presence and giving God thanks. Um, This makes great sense neurologically. We're getting into that gratitude seat. We're getting into that connection seat with God. We're laying that foundation of of interrelational prayer with the Lord. And then the second movement is praying for God's guidance and going through your day and noticing the places where you've stumbled, where you've struggled, where you sinned. Uh, where you had some kind of imperfection and not maybe the imperfection of not following your Lenten fast or something like that, which isn't a sin. It's an imperfection of the will that does dispose you to sin later, but in itself isn't sinful um, because it's an an optional discipline that we take on as Catholics. Um, So you'll go through your day noticing those places where you've struggled. So at this moment where you've maybe started to notice a pattern— like a sin you keep falling into, uh, a difficult emotion that keeps coming up and tripping you up, or something like that, then you can insert that whole format for the healing prayer. I'll review it quickly. Identify the current distress. Ask Jesus, ask the Father, the Holy Spirit, to show you the root of the problem. Identify the painful experience and the corresponding belief or lie. Ask Jesus to reveal what he desires you to know, to speak truth into the lie, and to heal you. Right. If you don't experience anything, look for barriers. And then finally, when you receive healing from the Lord, check it in the memory, in the judgments, in the lies. Or uh, maybe you don't feel like you've received healing, give thanks and ask the Lord to seal it. By doing this, that examination of conscience becomes a moment, not just of like keeping track of the bad things that happen, but it's actually a way to sort of stay emotionally current, like making sure that your current sins and struggles don't form vices, don't form habits of mind and body towards sin. You're you're sort of consistently renegotiating uh, the difficult experiences of your life and allowing God's grace to enter in and progressively heal you as you go through this journey. So as you experiment with this kind of healing prayer, maybe this, this healing prayer when you um, are facing difficult moments or this healing prayer as part of your examination of conscience, um, I would encourage you to be patient. Be patient with yourself. Um, we, we all are growing in the ability to meditate, to imagine, to hold our focus and our attention. So you can expect that you'll get distractions and you'll get off course. But remember that God doesn't hold your weakness against you. He sees your heart and responds to your heart and will take all of the space that your will gives him to work to receive his love. So your, your ability to be healed isn't contingent on your ability to perform the prayers uh, with astute accuracy and, and, um, and, and rigid uh, performance. So be patient with yourself and trust in the Lord the Lord wants to be the protagonist of your healing. He's leading this process. It's not up to your wisdom and your guidance of the process. And God's not gonna hold it against you if you miss something or forget something or just miss a day or, or whatever happens. So, so have faith that the Lord is, is walking you through this process and, and spend that time not missing the blessing of the present moment. The goodness that the Lord has given you in the present stage with the current sins you're still stuck in, with the difficult emotions, the challenges, right? In this Lenten season, especially this episode's coming out. I think it's coming out on Holy Week. um, You know, we can connect that experience in, in just little small ways to Christ's passion and let it allow our meditation on Christ's passion to bring it to life. Thank you so much for being a part of Physically Spiritual. Every moment of the show you've watched, know that I'm grateful that you've given your time to this. I'm so passionate about the message that I'm trying to share, and I'm excited about the future of the show. So thank you for every like, every view, every watch, every follow, every comment, every rating you've in the show. And a special thank you to all you that are already members of the Awaken Nation. So thanks again for supporting the show.